Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 342, entitled Thomas J. Rafe on protecting your website, security mini-series three of four. It was published on Thursday, the 21st of September, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined by Thomas in a few moments. But before then, a few little bits of housekeeping. We are well in the middle of the Page Builder Summit. It began on Monday. Hopefully you've been attending. It's completely free, but if you want to buy the Power Pack, which allows you to view all of the fabulous content from that event, then probably this is the best time to do it because we're on Thursday. There's only one day left, the networking sessions tomorrow and whatever remains of the presentations for today. So head over to pagebuildersummit.com and you can sign up. And for a very small investment, you will be able to make your way through all of the different presentations whenever you like in the future. It's called the Power Pack, pagebuildersummit.com. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP builds. That's go.me forward slash WP builds and sincere, honest thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their support, keeping the lights on over at WP builds. Okay, what have we got for you today? Well, it's the third of our four part security mini series. Prior to that, the other episodes featured Calvin Alkin, as well as Akshat Chowdhury. This is Thomas from We Watch Your Website giving his impression of the state of WordPress security. I did the spiel before, but I'm going to do it again in order to not put anybody's noses out of joint and to make it as fair as possible. I recorded four episodes with Calvin, Akshat, Thomas, and in a future episode, Dan Knaus from Solid WP. They all had their chance to explain the malware madness, as we'll get into a little bit later, how WordPress security plugins do or don't, depending on your point of view, protect your WordPress website. Thomas is giving his opinion today, and we go into loads of ground. We talk about such subjects as security plugin and cleanup processes, previous attacks, challenges and vulnerabilities, security features, Thomas's expertise, protecting your WordPress by blocking IPs, the motivations of hackers, and so much more. So there'll be one more episode in this series. But if you have a comment, I would really appreciate it if rather than going on social media, you actually went to the WP Builds website. Search for this episode number 342 and leave us a comment there. That would be lovely. I hope that you enjoy it. I am joined on the podcast today by Thomas Rafe. How are you doing, Thomas? I'm doing well. Thank you, Nathan. Very nice to have you with us. Thomas is joining us all the way across the Atlantic from where I am. He's in Chicago. I am in the UK. We are going to talk about the, well, the very thorny topic of security and some recent news that there has been in the security landscape ecosystem, if you like, in the WordPress world. Uh, it's going to touch upon a, a few topic areas. We'll get into all of that. But I do want to just sort of preface this in that it's going to be part of almost like a three-part podcast series. So there will be different opinions in this three-part podcast series. Thomas is about to explain what he has found and back it up with some data. But there are some other, other podcast episodes to listen to. And I will point in the show notes to all of those so that you can get the different perspectives. I just want to make that clear. I hope that's okay, Thomas. Um, given given that we're going to be talking about something deeply technical today, um, I'm going to be, firstly, I'm going to be in over my head, so I'm hoping that you'll be able to guide somebody like me through it. But also, I think it's terribly important that we, we get to understand why we should trust what you say. What are your credentials um, so that we've got some kind of understanding, some orientation for why what you say matters. So 
Would you mind just giving us your backstory? It could be a WordPress backstory. It might be that you've, you've, you know, what jobs you've worked in and so on. So yeah, just let us know a little bit about you and how come we should trust what you say in the realms of security. Okay. Yeah, I got um, years ago, oh five, and uh, two thousand five. Um, I started creating a uh, like a firewall device uh, that I was going to market to small businesses. Uh, I was a um, small business IT consultant back then, and um, it was Linux based. But one of the things I wanted to do is make sure that PCs inside of the the firewall protection. Um, we're not going to get hit with viruses because so many of these small businesses were not paying for antivirus protection at that time. So anyway, um, so that led me down to um, this uh, Linux program called Provoxy. Hmm. And what it allowed you to do was basically filter uh, what was coming to the browser from the internet so, because this uh, this device I was creating was like a gateway, um, so so basically I started like looking at what kind of malware the hackers were were distributing on websites, so that I could block all that before it got to the end user's browser, and so that led me into a whole bunch of research, and I found this website back then called BadwareBusters.org. It's no longer around somebody said the the domain's available now but it's a great domain <laughs> yes it was um, but it was started by a guy named max weinstein who is a, a harvard grad uh, i think he now i believe he still works for sophos hmm. uh, the antivirus company now um and so he started it he had google's backing uh google actually if, if people were in any of the google forums and they said something about malware on their website Google would send them to Badware Busters, where a bunch of us volunteers would try and help you for no charge, um, just so we could learn more. You know, we were experienced with malware, so you know we could help you out. Um, and one of the early guys um, in that group with me was David Sid, who started uh, Security, along with Tony Perez. Got it. So, so David and I were the top two uh, volunteers in the group. So after you help somebody, they'd give you like a, a star rating. Um, and David and I had, I don't, know, I don't even know how many stars, but I mean, we were way up there. Um, so anyway, um, that led, that got me more into website malware. And so I just decided, you know, you know what? I'm going to drop the whole uh, security device and just focus on website malware. It seems like there's a huge need. Um, so that so that was like, 2006 somewhere around there yep and so i started my business um called it we watch your website because i lacked originality <laughs> people are like well what, what do you do well, my company is we watch your website. <laughs> well what do you do uh you know pretty much probably self-explanatory so anyway um but so uh i had uh was blogging like every day on stuff I was finding. And back then Joomla was just as popular as WordPress, which like most people today haven't even heard of Joomla. But so anyway, so I'm blogging every day about new infections that I found. And um, one day I get a call from a guy and he says, uh, you know, my boss's personal blog just got hit by what you wrote about yesterday. I'm very technical. What can you tell me? So I, we spent like an hour and a half on the phone. Um, and the guy says, thanks, hangs up, calls me back the next day. He's like, Hey, that information you gave me was spot on. He's like, I see that you host with us. I'm like, who are you? He's like, I'm Alex Lundquist. I'm a level three tech here at Bluehost. My boss is Matt Heaton, the founder of Bluehost. And he'd like to know if you'd like us to send you some business. Nice. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I think I got laundry to do later <laughs> yeah, today yeah. or something. It's nice. So, yeah, they just started. So, they were telling all their tech support people, all their terms of service people, anybody calls in with malware, just send them to We Watch Your Website. Um, so, anyway, so that got the ball rolling. I had to automate, like, 
you know, as, as much as my process as I possibly could to handle this deluge of uh, business. Um, and so since then, um, till current day, um, my service has removed malware from over five and a half million websites. Gosh, wow. So, and I'm not saying we've seen it all because we see new stuff every day. Even this morning, I was looking at stuff and new malware out there. So, but, um, so yeah, you know, like I, I've, I've stood the test of time. And like I said, we, we literally have removed malware from over five and a half million websites. Um, and one of my things has always been, um, even when I was a kid, you know, my dad had me mowing the, the, the grass in our front yard and I had to know how that lawnmower worked. You know, I yeah. pulled this thing, yeah. it starts up. So he's like, well, take it apart, put it back together. So I did, but you know, so I'm, I'm the type I need to know how things happen. So that led me to root cause analysis with, with, uh, infected websites. So I would look at log files, like, you know, until my eyes were bloodshot. Um, and so, but that also gives me a great understanding of how, hackers work and, you know how they try and hide things you know the reconnaissance attacks and so on and so forth so yeah um so anyway so that's you know to me it validates you know the fact that you know people should or be curious as to what i have to say yeah well that's great thank you that really did paint a an excellent picture of of why we should listen to you so i appreciate that I mean, just before we get into it, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, my my intuition is that we have a real broad spectrum of people listening to this podcast. So there'll be people staying, hanging on every word that you say, understanding everything that you say. And equally, there'll be people who every time you use a new acronym or you say something slightly off piste will be, hang on it, wait, wait, Thomas, what, what did that mean? So I think we should probably deal with those people first and just let's just paint the picture of what these people, these these people who are creating malware and whatever other name it may go by, I wanna I wanna just delve deeply in well not deeply, fairly quickly I guess actually into what the objective is there. Why are these people doing it? Because you hear this story all the time. My website it, it's just an unimportant website. Nobody's coming after me because I don't do anything of any great importance. You know I've got a local shop and it's frequented by twenty people a week. It's no big deal. Of course, the the picture is not like that. Nobody is literally coming after your website. So the idea that because you believe it's small fry, the attackers think it's small fry, might ne not necessarily correlate. So just give us an idea. What are the incentives for people doing this? And I say people in the broadest sense of the word because I imagine that in many cases it's it was long ago a person and it became a robot possibly, you know, years, weeks, months ago. So just give us an idea of the incentives. What are these, what are these, these entities up to? Um, it all boils down to money. Um, and it's not that they're trying to steal credit cards from your e-com site because, like you said, maybe somebody just has a small, you know, uh, you know, a uh, postcard type website, you know, they just want to post some pictures, whatever. But hackers don't have any, any need to you know, attack my website, like you said. Um, but they can make money off of everybody's website. They can, they get paid a lot of times by unscrupulous uh, online marketers. And, what they do is they drive, they get, these hackers get paid to drive traffic to websites, which helps them increase their, you know, their search engine rankings. Um, so what they'll do is anybody that comes to your website, they can redirect traffic from your site to one that they're getting paid to drive traffic to. Now that's a small thing, but they can also use any website to attack others. They're, they're really good at um, hiding, you know, this whole cloak and dagger. They're really good at hiding themselves. They may be sitting in a cafe and they could be launching attacks on, you know, websites and they don't want anybody to know where they're located. So they'll bounce those attacks off of an infected website. 
And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, um, you know, the how massive a uh, market that is for hackers. They will actually infect a website, take control of it, and then group that together with maybe a hundred other websites and sell it on the dark web to somebody who wants to launch bigger attacks on, you know, a whole bunch of websites. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, but you know, the bottom line is you know, they have so many ways of making money. It's like that guy uh, years ago, Robert Allen, I think was the author's name, multiple streams of income. Yeah. yeah. I think the hackers all read it and, you know, they, they've got more, ways to make money than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, so broadly speaking, it's not really the website that they're bothered about. It's the fact that the website is sitting on a computer, for want of a better word. It's sitting on resources. It's sitting on a machine which it can, if infected correctly, I guess repurpose into other nefarious functions. Like you said, it might be going out and uh, visiting other websites so that we get fraudulent analysis of of how many visits it's had. It could be, I guess, uh, becoming part of a botnet, which is going around trying to take down other websites because somebody has potentially paid for a website to be removed from the internet for a period of time. Those kind of things. So the the front end, your WordPress website really isn't the point. It's the machine sitting behind that and the the horsepower that it's got. Is that broadly correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, you nailed it on the head there. It's It's the resources that they want. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Perfect. So in the WordPress world, then we're quite familiar with logging into WordPress. And when we log into WordPress, a vanilla installer WordPress does a certain bunch of things, but typically people are not entirely satisfied with what WordPress will do in its vanilla state, the core of WordPress. And so they, they throw in themes and they throw in various different plugins and it all gets lumped upon one thing upon another. And I guess this is where things begin to potentially go wrong in that the the more complexity we add to our WordPress website, the greater the footprint is for these attackers to to get a foothold, a beachhead, if you like. Again, is that broadly true? Yes. Yeah. The more plugins that you put on a WordPress site, um, the greater your attack surface becomes and it's i mean it's a fact of life yeah yeah i mean you are basically just putting more code in there and the the quality or the recent update to that that particular piece of code that plugin could and i guess that's one of the things we're going to maybe talk about in a minute it's possible to leverage something wrong in one plugin's code to then gain a beachhead into something else. So it's it's not true to say that, you know, just because I've got these plugins and they're all up to date, well, that doesn't mean that there isn't something lurking in there that will be discovered next week, which will then allow them to do something else, maybe leverage a problem in another plugin. And so these sort of things get stacked upon one, one another. And the more that you've got, the more likely you are to get um, to get, well, problems. Let's just leave it at that. So we're recording this uh, in the latter part of July 2023. I'm not entirely sure when it will air, but that will give you at least some context of when we were recording it. There's a there's been a a, a brouhaha, as we say in the UK. There's been <laughs> a storm of interest, and the the title that's been applied to it posthumously is uh, malware madness. I suppose it sort of fits perfectly. Um, and we're going to talk around that. What what has been going on? How has it been happening? And you've got a, a post on your website, which I will link to in the show notes, where you lay out some very very specific numbers. I mean, they're remarkably specific in that you know there's no zeros anywhere. It all ends in a you know a nine or a seven or a one or whatever. So you've obviously got some te- telemetry somewhere feeding all this back to you. First of all, before we get into malware madness, what what is malware? Malware is. Um it's short for malicious software. So it, anything malicious um, on your website that hackers have put there um, you know, with the intention of causing somebody some ill, some ill will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically malware is just short for malicious software. Okay. 
If you um, if you're listening to this and you're wishing to go to uh, the the website uh, that Thomas runs, it's called WeWatchYourWebsite.com, as he said. And the article was posted on the 14th of July, 2023, so just just over a couple of weeks ago. And it's called How We Identified Nearly 150,000 Hacked WordPress Sites in 60 Days. I guess probably you should paint that picture for us because that's the story that we're going to be talking about, really. Obviously, it can be read by anybody, but are you able to just sort of paraphrase what was going on, what provoked you to write that passage, what was in there, basically? Um, yeah, Basically, what it was 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 the timing of you know sixty days, um, and I had seen where um, some some security companies in the WordPress space had outlined their perspective of of the uh, the Elementor attack, basically the Elementor exploit and the Ele- Elementor add-ons exploit. I should be more specific. The plugin. Um, and, uh, so I, I dug deep into our information because, uh, we monitor a lot of websites around the world. And so I was able to gather all this information and fine tune it, run it through a Python programmer. So I ran it through pandas and, uh, spits out all this information. Um, so essentially back in, you know, the, uh, the Elementor add-ons plugin exploit was announced in May. I think it was May 11th, as I recall. And, but we had seen, uh, traffic by hackers looking for Elementor add-on plugins back in February of this year. So it's like hackers knew something. And why, why the delay between February and, um, May? I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can speculate that maybe they were just trying to build up their list of sites that had this Elementor add on plugin, uh, but that, that's just purely speculation on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but once, um, WordFence, and I have high respect for, for WordFence. Um, once they announced the uh, the exploit um, on their site, um, hackers went crazy, and they just started infecting sites because you know, hackers know what's going on in the market. They read blogs. They read everything. Um, so my guess is that when WordFence announced this, hackers know that WordFence and others um, they have a like a free version and a paid version, and the pay uh, the people that pay money for the uh, the plugin, they get the security rules and protection right away. Like by the time it's announced, they already have the protection. And the free the people who use the free version, which and I I don't have numbers of their distribution, but imagine that there's probably more people using the free version of security plugins than there are people paying for them based on what we saw. Because like I said, the hackers knew that these people, majority of people weren't going to get the updated security rules for another 30 days yet. So they went to town and they just started infecting sites like crazy. And um, unless people updated, which... Very few people update, you know, on a daily basis. You know, but it's been one of my fights for a long time, but, um, you know, they, so hackers took advantage of the timing and just un- unloaded uh, all their resources on attacking websites. Uh, they were attacking websites that didn't even have the Elementor add on plugin in it. They were just like, okay. Anything that's a WordPress site, anything that's a website, we're just going to launch an attack on. And if it takes, it takes. If it doesn't, well, we'll, we'll get enough of them um, to, to make it worth our while. So, like that, you know, in that 60-day time span from beginning of May till the end of June, we, we saw just under 150,000 infected websites. So, I'll just um, be clear. The... the- 
plugin, um, which is an add-on for the Elementor plugin. So Elementor, the page builder, extremely popular um, in the WordPress space, installed on multiple millions of websites, I, I'm led to understand. There are um, bolt-on bits and pieces that you can add to Elementor, and one of them is called Essential Add-ons for Elementor, and that was the plugin in question. Now, you explain in your piece, you know, the, the numbers involved, and there were lots and lots of um, numbers that you list out there. What I want to know is, and again, this is just asking about your credentials really is how how are you getting the data that you're getting i know that you provide a service but do you have do you have like a i don't know a plugin installed or are you in communication with the server logs or do the your clients hand them over to you? how do, how do you gather this data how do we how do we know that the, the data that you've got is is reliable i guess <laughs> good question um what we do is uh, you know as I, my story uh, initially about my background, you know, we hosted on, I hosted my blue, my website on Bluehost, and that was a shared hosting account. But since then, the market has shifted to, there's more and more people on VPSs, on dedicated servers, on the cloud servers like, you know, Vulture, DigitalOcean, you know, those, those types of people. Um, and so, what we did is we created a service that we can install on a server that um, can't be tampered with by hackers because um, you know, I'll try and explain this as cleanly as I can. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> our, our service is installed under root, yep. which is the, you know, the master of, of, of every, of all permissions and everything else. Um, so you need root access in order to tamper with our system that's been installed on a server. A hacker comes into a WordPress site and they're, they're pretty far removed from having root access. Um, you know, they have, they have access to the files for that website and that's typically about it. You know, most, most of them, most, Hosting providers now isolate websites, you know, to the point where you can't go from, if I hack into what one website on this server, I can't go to other websites on that same server mm -hmm, mm -hmm. without hacking them individually. That makes sense. Yep. Um, so, so our stuff is installed as, as root. So you need root access in order to tamper with it. So and that's part of the, the March Madness thing, which we'll touch on later, but. Um, is that our system can't be, you can't alter it. Hackers can't get at it and, and, and gum it up to the point where they can do whatever they want and not have to worry about being caught. So we, we do a number of things. We monitor for, um, file changes, PHP and JavaScript files, any file in a website. We monitor on a live real time basis. So the second a file is changed or added, to your website, our system knows about it, and then our system grabs it and analyzes it to see if it's malicious or not. But we also stream your log files, again, in real time to our servers where they can be analyzed, and they get analyzed, in, again, in real time. So we're, and we're also watching your database, so we know when people, like an admin logs in, did they go to the theme editor and then did they edit the header file? If so, that header file will now show up in our file monitoring system. And so it's being grabbed and analyzed to see if anything malicious had happened. So anyway, we're watching, you know, we are watching your website and everything going on with it. Right. Um, and our, our log file system, um, this blows my mind and blows a lot of other people's minds too, but we can handle up to 20 million log entries per second. Oh, good grief. <laughs> which, which when you do the math is like 1.7 trillion a day. Yeah, that's something. So, yeah, I mean, we're seeing, you know, what's, what's going on and, you know, logs don't lie. Um, 
you know, a file changed or, or added, you know, that that's that's not a lie. We can see how it happens in the logs. So yeah, all this information is gathered from our system and you know, people say I oh you should make these you know access to your database, you know, a little more open so people can do research. I'm not I'm not into opening up the information that we've got. It's just not because I, I want to keep it all to myself, but just because I just don't want it to fall into the wrong hand. That's yeah. All. Can, can I just explore this just a little bit more deeply? Because I'm, I'm, you've really piqued my interest here. So in, in the WordPress world, the way that we typically would interact with security products, now that might be on like a hosting level. So we would tick a box, say, in our uh, hosting control panel, whatever that is, and, and something something's going on there. But we're also quite familiar with downloading and installing plugins so that, you, you know, there's a whole suite of security plugins for WordPress. And I kind of want to tease out the distinction. So you mentioned root and some people may have not been able to understand what's going on there. But with a WordPress plugin, you log into the, the, the UI of WordPress, you upload a plugin file and you activate it and you are now, um, you're now using that suite of, of tools. Yours is going to be a little bit different. So I'm, I'm interested how you get that software onto these computers, because I'm guessing that at the beginning, your, your offering is a little bit more, um, is a little bit more difficult to implement. You can't just buy it, chuck in a plugin, click activate, and you're off to the races. I imagine there's a little bit more from your end, making sure that you've set that all up correctly because of the nature of the fact that it's got root access and it's living, uh, below the, the level of the WordPress websites, if you like. Yes. Yeah. We, we require um, root access in order for us to install our system. Um, again, it's one of those things where uh, we don't make it a, like a, we don't give you an installation script and you just plug, you know, throw that on your server and run it and hope for the best. You know, it's, we install it and we test it so we do need root access and our system needs constant root access to your web server um, in order to perform all of its functions got it and and not be tampered with yeah i think the the sentence that i got most from there was you install it so it's it's not for non-technical people to just purchase something upload it click activate this is i i go to you you get the keys for the, 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 the root access, and then I leave you to do that work and to install it on my system on my behalf, right? Correct. Got it. Okay, that's interesting because that, that really does speak to the conversation that we're going to have possibly in a moment. Um, okay, so the data that you're gathering, it's streaming out of these websites in real time. So that gives you some confidence that the data that you've got is accurate. In other words... Some of the stuff that we may get on in, in a minute is that things can be tampered with, but if yours is streaming to your service, you can be confident, or at least you you claim to be confident, that what the data that you're looking at has not, in fact, been uh, tampered with. It is immutable. It's arrived at your service, and you've got that locked down, right? Correct. Yeah, okay, because that's an important part of the whole jigsaw puzzle as well. And another thing I want to ask, just before we get into the whole thing, is you must have heuristics running. You must have something to sort of say, well, hang on a minute, this is a bit suspicious. Um, you know, because if 1.7, I think, trillion bits of data potentially could arrive in a day, how do you make any sense out of that? So presumably there are bits of your infrastructure which are saying, wait, this is happening a lot, or wait, this is new, we haven't seen this before. Is that part of what you do as well? Yes. Yeah, we're we're gathering live data um, on new attacks, new IP addresses that are attacking. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, I don't, you know, I don't block by IP address because it's unreliable. Mm-hmm. I beg to differ. I can show you the numbers, but yeah, that's, that's for another story. But um, so yeah, we're, we're gathering information um, and some real quick, some incredibly interesting things are, like IP addresses and the user agent, you know, just to explain what a user agent is, every browser has a, a user agent that it, uh, when you go to a website, 
that records various things about about you. And one of them is like the the uh, the hardware that you're coming from. Are you coming from a Mac or a Windows? What version? Um, and also what browser you're using and what version of that browser. And uh, but some of the interesting information is what when hackers come to a website, um, the combination of IP address and user agent is like just you're like wow really yeah <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah I mean we we find stuff yeah through our heuristics yeah you, know, you can call it artificial artificial intelligence machine learning it's got a whole bunch of different names um, but you know, it's all part of what we call uh, our Paul Bunyan system you know, <laughs> as, as, as you know Paul Bunyan was a, a logger yeah. uh, I think I believe a mythical logger but uh, thought. Yeah, you know, I had heard that story from my dad, you know, years and years ago. And so I was like, oh, logging. What, what should we call this system? <laughs> oh, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> I like it. The log. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, Paul is built with all this knowledge um, and, uh, and learning ability built into it. So that, yeah, as, as things are streaming, you know, we can detect um, new. Uh, p- potential points of interest, you know, like I said, with the uh, essential ad- essential add-on for Elementor, you know, we started seeing hackers scanning for the uh, readme.txt file, which is part of the that plugin, back in February. So, and you're like, why would somebody be scanning for a readme.txt file? Did you can I just ask, did you these... spot that at the time? Did you see that spike at the time? Or was it only upon looking back that that connection was made? Or did, did you see that spike and think, oh, that's curious, but nobody seems to be doing anything with it? Yeah, we, we okay. saw it back in February. Right. But because, uh, like I said, you know, I've been, I've been reading log files. People say, oh, well, you must have a really interesting life. You, know, you read log <laughs> files. <laughs> you know, get my, my little glass of brandy and, you know, sit by the fireside reading log files. Yeah. Bedtime but, story for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, my, my mind just wants to understand why, you know, and how. And so years ago when I started seeing different IP addresses looking for readme.txt file and some other, um, you know, innocuous files in, in a plugin. I was like, why would they be doing that? And then you, you know, you keep watching over days and weeks and stuff, and you're like, ah, ah they knew something was, there was a, there was an exploit in there, and they're, they're building up their list. So, yeah, so it's one of the rules that, that I, you know, that we created, uh, was looking for readme. You know, any, any, uh, web access traffic. That's looking for a readme.txt file because you know it's like why would they be doing that? So, so again, just to just to clarify that I'm keeping up with you. In this case, they're looking for the uh, the, the the file readme.txt, which is embedded as a part of the essential add-ons for Elementor plugin. And so that spike began in February 2023, and because that's public facing, it's really just a oh, if we can find that file. We know that plugin is there. And so the supposition then is the hackers, the malware creators, knew there was an exploit to be exploited in that plugin. They'd figured that part of the puzzle out. And we're supposing that the quickest way to discover which websites have got that plugin installed is to just go and capture data about readme.txt associated with it. Correct. Okay. And so they built that up and it ramped up over time. And then what happened? And then... So when uh, um, I don't recall, I don't want to get this wrong, but I don't recall if it was WordFence that announced that exploit or if it was PatchStack. One of somebody announced the, that there was an exploit that had been patched, but you had to update in order to be pr- protected. Um, but one of them announced it, I believe, it was on May 11th, and uh, from that point on. Once hackers knew the cat was out of the bag, they're just like, okay, time to light this up. And they just turned on their automated systems and started hacking. Oh, I see. Okay, that bit of the jigsaw puzzle I hadn't got. And that's a very human part, isn't it? That's really interesting because that is literally human beings who've been grabbing this readme.txt data, compiling 
what we suppose is, uh, you know, tons and tons of information about which websites can be hacked. Suddenly they see that other people know that this exists. And, and so the window is closing. The door is starting to be shut. So it's time to just throw caution to the wind. No more time to wait. Get on and exploit the exploit, whatever it is, right away, because pretty soon everybody's going to be updated and it'll be it'll be gone, and all of that all of that gathering of data will have been worthless. Yep, interesting. Exactly. Is it a little exactly. window into the hacker's mind here? That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like I said, they're they're uh, incredibly smart people. I, I I hate to give them credit, but they are. They're they're incredibly smart. Yeah. So it, it, around this, we'll get on to. The, the, the whole other bits and pieces around this. Was there sort of reasonable disclosure around this? In other words, when WordFence, or it, it could have been other people, I'm going to say WordFence because you thought it might have been WordFence. Um, when they disclosed it, presumably the the patch for the essential add-ons for Elemental plugin was out at that point because typically a, a security vendor would want to give uh, what's it called? Reasonable disclosure, something disclosure. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so they give them ninety days or something like that, and and then they will then release the data that they've got into the wild once the patch has been secured. Is that the case in in this case? It was available, but maybe not everybody got updated. Yeah, it was available, but um, it wasn't pushed out, you know, to everybody that had the, um, you know, that had that plugin. Uh, you had to, you know, go into your site. And do the plugin update, yeah, in order to, to get it right. Right. So this is the typical scenario that anybody listening to this podcast knows about. You know, if you don't go into your website backend for a, a month or more, you'll come back in, and virtually everything will need updating. The and and so it was. So it is probably the case in many many of these websites. Okay. So this is all happening in May. What then begins to happen after after the beginning of May? What sort of dominoes do we start seeing falling? Well, at, at that point, you know, hackers were, it was almost like uh, um, throwing some wounded fish into, uh, you know, a pond of uh, piranhas or something. You know, I, they love just started, I love that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> they just started going crazy. And so at that same time, um, I'm not sure if it was the same group. I, I couldn't really tell from the information that we gather, but um, they were also they had also stolen a uh, whole bunch of authentication cookies from websites, or actually from desktop computers. So when you log into a, a WordPress site, it creates a, an authentication cookie. On your on your local computer, uh, so that you know it, people have ever done this before. You know, you log into your uh, to your WordPress, and then when you're done, you just kind of close that close out that uh, that browser tab. You know, you don't necessarily log out; you just close out the tab. Well, then if you go, oh wait, I forgot. I want to go back in and do something. You open that up again, go to WP Admin, and boom, it just logs you right in. How does it do that? Because you still have the authentication cookie on your on your computer in your browser, so but that can be stolen. And I don't recall what the default is um, with with WordPress. You'd think I would know this off the top of my head, but I think like a typical authentication cookie is like good for thirty days. So any time during that thirty days after you're in your system and you don't log out. Hackers can steal the authentication cookie and then put it into their browser, go to your WordPress admin, and it just bypasses the 2FA, two-factor authentication. It bypasses everything. You just, bam, up, up comes your, your WP admin um, dashboard. So is there, can we draw a direct line, uh, and is there evidence for a direct line between the hack or rather the the exploit that we were talking about a moment ago, the essential add-ons for Elementor plugin and the stealing of authentication cookies. And as you've described, that basically is all bets are off. You are now logging in as more or less anybody uh, who's been on that website. If you can get the all the authentication cookies, you could be an admin or any kind of user. 
Um, is there a, can we draw that line or is it just that there was a serendipitous coincidence that that started to happen in the same time frame that the, 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 the hack that you've just mentioned took place? Yeah, I, I believe it, you know, it, there must be some correlation, but what it is exactly, I, I couldn't pinpoint. Um, but one other thing that was happening when people were getting into the, uh, through the essential add-ons for Elementor exploit is we started seeing file changes in the various security plugins that people were using, like changes to the files and changes in the databases. Okay, so I guess at this point we should just circle back and talk about what what your service is. So your service uh, is outside of WordPress. It's somewhere completely different, whereas the plugins that we're describing, they live inside the WP file structure. You know, if you're not familiar with WordPress's file structure, if you FTP into your site, you can, if you, if you follow the right path, you can get to all of these plugins. So you're saying that they were updating, modifying the security plugins because they'd gained enough of a beach hold, enough of a foothead to have that permission. Correct. Right. Sorry, I interrupted. I just wanted no, to no, make, no, make no. that clear. You're, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're you're clarifying things for people. That's that's good. I like that. Um yeah, so you know, we, we started digging into, you know, what 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 are these file changes, you know? Because it appeared that it was from the attack um, the attacker's IP address. Again, stepping back for a second, these IP addresses that the hackers were attacking from were infected websites. So right. they were hiding behind, you know, other infected websites. But anyway, so yeah, when you see a website, um, I'll just use this as an example, a GoDaddy website logging in with admin rights to your website, you got to wonder, you know, why? <laughs> and, uh, but because the hackers had already compromised the, the website, GoDaddy. Um, but yeah, like, so we were seeing that they were using, uh, the, the theme editor, they were using plugin editor, other core functionality of, of WordPress, and they were modifying files. And you're like, what the heck? Is going on? Well, what they were doing is they were, um, like a lot of these security plugins have, like some people call it whitelisting. Some people call it like an allowed list and things like that. So there's typically with the malware scanning, there's what they call false positives. A false positive is a file that is detected by the scanner to be malicious, but really isn't. So a lot of these security plugins will create these uh, bypass, these lists of files that shouldn't be scanned because they will show up as a false positive. And what hackers were doing is they were uploading their malicious backdoor shell scripts, which give them access to your, uh, to your files and your database without having to log in again as men. And... They were uploading these backdoors and then adding those backdoor files to the exclusion list of the malware scanner. Right. So that it gives them longevity on that website. So logging in, making, uh, making the, the little hole that they've got bigger, basically, you know, suddenly yep. we can now, if we can, so we've, we've, We've logged in. We've detected that there's some kind of security plugin on here. Aha, we know about that security plugin. We know where the files are that we would need to access in order to make the hole a bit wider, uh, allow these certain files, permit this this range of IP addresses or what have you. So that's interesting as well. Okay, right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping up. And then what happened? Um, and then, yeah, like I so said, they, they just started, you know, they, they were using those infected websites to infect other websites. So they had uploaded code that allows them to, um, like they, some people call it a, a C and C type file. It's a command and control um, file. So what that does is 
once they copy that file up to your website and run it, it connects to one of their servers, grabs instructions, and then carries out those instructions, typically as a tax on other websites. So we, we started seeing that. So they the hackers were uploading these files, adding them to the exclusion list of the malware scanners so they wouldn't be detected, and then they were running them, which, like I said, just gives them like total use of your website, of your resources, as we talked in the beginning. That's what typically hackers are looking for, and just carrying out massive attacks on other sites. So it was just, it went from, you know, uh, the exploit wasn't even known about, you know, until like May 11th to like just, just this full blown malware attack. And we're, you know, the sites and servers that, that we monitor, we're only seeing, you know, a, a small portion of it. You know, obviously the internet is, is much bigger than what we cover. Darn it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a fact of life. I'm afraid you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. have the whole pie. Um, yeah. So I guess what makes this story kind of interesting is, well, f- firstly, I should say, if you want really th- to get the the deep dive on this, the article on the website again, it'll be linked in the show notes. You got the numbers there, um, but in some cases, the numbers are as fairly large. You know, we're talking in the hundreds of thousands and what have you. So. Um, Given that you are um, confident that your data is correct and given that you you put your trust in that, I guess the, the interesting thing here that makes this story kind of special is the fact that it was able to bypass these attacks, you contend at least anyway, was able to bypass some of the some of the software that people have installed specifically to prevent this kind of thing happening, aka a malware piece of uh, scanner type software or a or a um, or a security plugin, is that again? Is that really why this story is of greatest interest? Um. Yes, yes, and I have hesitancy because you know anybody who's in in this the market of of fighting hackers. Um, you know, I have a, a level of respect for how they do, you know, the, the fact that their system is different than mine, that, you know, everybody's different. Um, but yes, it was interesting that their, their default rules, if you will, for these security plugins um, were not preventing this. And to the best of my knowledge, they weren't even seeing it. Because I they can only believe that, you know, they 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 would have been doing something. Um, like I said, we're like other security vendors. We have a free, a free version and paid version. Our free version just watches and then it'll it'll let you know, hey, your website's infected. It won't tell you how or what or anything like that. It'll just tell you, hey, your website's infected. Um, and so you know, pe- people install that you know, all the time. And so it's, you know, we're, we're watching this happen in front of us, you know, live and we're like, wow, you know, uh, you know, and our, I see our system sending out notifications that they, uh, you know, this site's been infected, your site's been infected, that, uh, you know, hey, we, you know, on, on the paid versions, they, hey, you know, your site was infected, but it was cleaned. Here's how it happened. You know, here's what we did, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, to to see this unfolding in front of you, um, you know, it, it was just amazing. But like I said, yeah, the fact that it was bypassing so many of these security plugin um, systems uh, was, you know, okay. I the only the only way I could explain it would be there. A lot of them are tuned to very specific attacks so like blocking um the the exploit for this uh, essential add-on for elementor uh the rules for blocking that type of attack may not have any effect on 
an attack for a different plugin. You know, it, it, in other words, the rules are so specific to that exploit for right, that right. plugin yep. that it doesn't really do anything else for any, you know, it, it doesn't have something where it just blocks um, file inclusion uh, infections. Right. Uh, there's no there's no magic bullet here that you can't just write the perfect script which will block, block anything of this nature. In in the case of these pieces of software, they, they have to get very specific because that's the threat that they're facing now. And the way to mitigate that is to write a, write some kind of challenge against that specific uh, threat. I guess I guess it, I guess the scenario that you just described would be would be uh, uh, better if you could just come up with some golden bullet that would, would stop all of these things, but I'm also guessing right. that that isn't how it happens. Do you know, in the case of um, of the security plugins that, that that you mentioned, do you know if, if they've managed to get on top of this since you wrote this piece? Oh, yes. And, you know, they, uh, people like Mark Maunder from WordFence you know, his the way his company is structured, the rule was was there ready for the paid people. You know, the the non-paid people, the people who are using the free version of WordFence, got the rule automatically. Uh, I believe it was June twentieth. So, um, yeah, they're uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm at a loss here. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I, I can understand what you're what you're maybe challenged with thinking there, but okay, yeah, I get it. And in terms of the the kind of okay, so you've just described a whole broad swathe of attacks, or, or rather this particular one, but a whole broad swathe of things that it did. Um, your your solution, it feels like, rather than trying to fix hacking like to stop it from occurring you're saying okay we'll we'll look for it when it's happened and then if you use our services we'll we'll mend what got broken so you're not trying to prevent things happening and i i hear the word hardening quite a lot as as a sort of thing which seems to be what people in in all the facebook groups i've been frequenting that are um talking about this story they're, they're sort of making the the drawing the line between Okay, in this scenario, the best you can hope for is to harden your website, shut down the things which you can, but don't necessarily expect the malware scanner in this case to be able to pick that up. Yes. Um, well, we do. We, there's a lot of protection that we do um, and a lot of uh, proactive things that we do. Um, like you said before, the, the scenario of a GoDaddy, a website hosted with GoDaddy, trying to log into your your WordPress site. Um, I, I've asked this at the uh, cPanel conference in 2017 down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Anybody tell me why, how that could be a possible use case? No. <laughs> you know, that, that possibility does not exist. Right. Um, so what we've done is we've built up a list of IP addresses for hosting providers around the world. And because we're working on the server level, this is something we can do at the, um, I don't want to get into the whole seven layers of uh, the network connectivity and stuff, but we do it at layer four. So, Oh, the glorious TCP IP stack. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. The OSI model. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You know. oh. <laughs> you knew that would come in handy. Oh, yeah. That was the, that's the first it. time I've managed to say this in the seven years I've been doing this podcast. Great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 that's good. Um, so, anyway, so it, it happens fast, you know, because we might be blocking um, like 120,000 ranges of IP addresses. But, you know, what, when we put our protection on, um, you know, let's, let's say you do a, a GT metrics on your website before we add our, our protection on, and then you, you run it again after we, um, you know, add our protection, you're not going to see any difference at all because it happens so fast and it happens so, 
so much earlier in the uh, network in the internet stack of communication that you don't you don't notice it at all um and that blocks like in this case it would have blocked it did block um, all these elementor attacks and it also blocked the follow-up attacks from sites that were compromised that you know hackers were trying to use those compromised sites to attack other sites while our system blocked all that too and it does that without you know, without even trying, we don't have to change anything. We add, like, if somebody's using uh, SEM Rush or you know some of those type analytical tools that'll analyze your website, um, we we have whitelist also, so we'll whitelist those those IP address ranges. Um, but the other thing that we do is when we see these attacks come from, again, I'm not picking on GoDaddy; I'm just using them as a reference. Um, if we see an attack coming from a GoDaddy a website hosted with GoDaddy, our system will gather that information, removes anything that could be, you know, harmful, um, you know, pr- privacy violation, and, but sends that information to uh, GoDaddy's abuse department, so they can now look at. Okay, they're right. Nobody should be using one of our websites to attack other sites. So let's find out, you know which website on this at, at this IP address is actually infected and then notify the uh, the website owners that they have to take you know some action here to get this cleaned up mm-hmm. so it just takes one you know it, it's it's something that's automated in our in our process um, and it's something that it, it just takes one more digital asset out of the inventory of hackers yeah, sadly, the um, it, it it kind of feels like stories like these are not going away. Um, actually, it's probably quite beneficial to your industry that, uh, that these <laughs> that these attacks are not going away. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna gonna struggle to earn earn a living. But it it would would appear that you know if we were to run this episode again and we were to talk to you in a year's time, we'd probably have another story. It is the sad truth? I wish that these hackers had better things to do with their time. But, you know, this is probably a very, in some cases, very lucrative, let's call it a career, because I imagine for them it probably is. Um, I've really enjoyed this episode. I I did say at the beginning, or at least I think I said it at the beginning, that we're going to give some of these other companies a bit of a right to reply as well. But I've really enjoyed getting into that uh, story with you and having your understanding of what's gone on and how it's all worked. I will link in the show notes to your piece on your website. But before we say goodbye to you, Thomas, is there anything you wanted to add? Did we miss anything out? Or if not, you could just leave us where we can get in touch with you. Okay, yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say, and you know, maybe it's uh, unnecessary, but um, I said it, at one point through all of this, um, I, I had a conversation with Mark Maunder the CEO of WordFence, and we talked, you know, and exchanged laughs and learned more about each other and so on and so forth. One of the things I learned about this guy is, as far as I know, he might be the only CEO in the security space that I know of that's also a CISSP, which is like a high-ranking certification for security people. So, I mean... The guy knows what he's doing, you know, from a, even from a security standpoint, not just a CEO. So anyway, that's my mad respect for, for Mark Maunder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the, the narrative of these stories doesn't really work unless you, unless you, you, you've got some context to hang your coat on, really, does it? Unfortunately, you've got to, in some cases, use the word, word fence, or you might have to use the word essential add ons for Elementor. And uh, it's, it really is. You're not really having a go at the people; it's just the code. Um, right. So I appreciate your, um, your, yeah, you're saying that right at the end. That's really helpful. Um, okay, so where can we find you, Thomas? Uh, you can find me at uh, wewatchyourwebsite.com. You can also email me at t r a e f. Last name is Rafe. It's fear spelled backwards. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you can email me at trafe at wewatchyourwebsite.com. You can find me on Twitter at, it's just at wewatch. Um, 
and that's um, well, you can find me on Skype a lot of times Ooh. also. Oh, now there's a word I haven't heard for a while. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I could give you my MySpace account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, just for uh, just to round it out a little bit, I've spelled my name backwards, and it's Yelgirl. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, not nearly not as fun as fear. Yes. Yelgirl. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> not. Not them. No. Not. Not good. Okay, Thomas, really appreciate it. Lovely to chat to you today. Um, hopefully you'll get some comments or some people reaching out and telling you uh, what they thought of the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for the time. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Absolutely fabulous having Thomas on, talking all about WordPress security and plugins and malware and the effectiveness or not of different solutions. As I said at the top of the show, if you've got any commentary, please Head over to WPBuilds.com. Leave us a comment there. After all, WordPress has this fabulous commenting system. Search for episode number 342 and leave us a comment. We would really appreciate it. As I said, this was the third of four parts in our little mini-series. We'll have Dan coming up in a couple of weeks. The other thing to mention is, like I did at the top, if you are interested in page building and WordPress websites and design and improving your agency processes and all of that, pagebuildersummit.com. There's still a few presentations left and you can pick up the power pack for a very modest fee and anything that you missed, you can watch over and over again forever to your heart's delight. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. And sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for helping keep the lights on on the WP Builds podcast. Okay, we'll be back next week. It'll be a chat with David Wormsley and I. But don't forget, we've also got our This Week in WordPress show, wpbuilds.com forward slash live, every Monday, 2 p.m. UK time. Hopefully we'll be there. You can leave us a comment with the international panellists and the international people commenting. It's really good fun. So hopefully you can join us for that. If not, have a good week. Stay safe. Here comes some cheesy music. Bye-bye for now.